fans, welcome back to another stabby episode of <laughs> I say stabby because today we are watching, we are talking about the brand new entry in the Scream franchise, Scream Six, or as we call it, Screevy. <laughs> <laughs> and every stab in this movie is like a fucking prison shanking sequence. It is pretty brutal. Um, but we will get into all of that. I am one of your hosts, Josh, and joining me, as always, is Miles. What's up, buddy? Back at it again with the white vans. Damn Daniel. Or should I say damn Christopher, because our other, our other host, Chris, is here. Hello, hello. I'm here to practice my stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> or the controversial shotgunning. <laughs> Uh, but uh yeah yeah we watched uh we also saw the the new scream movie and we will we will talk about that shortly but first we got some spooky things to talk about who wants to kick off the spooky things i have i'll go oh go ahead miles please okay i have uh two things one's real life spooky thing happened to me i was in philadelphia the first day of the water crisis so that was pretty exciting. Water wars. Uh, Did you drink your own urine? <laughs> like Kevin Costner. <laughs> I had water premonitions, man. I'm telling you. On the way there, it was five dudes, and I was like, did anybody bring, like, water? It seems like it's important that we have something to drink other than beer. And they were like, we'll get water when we're down there. And I was like, but what if there's an apocalypse? And they're like, why does there have to be an apocalypse, Miles? And I was like, I guess not. No, no, no apocalypse then. We got there, I turned on the faucet, and black chunks were coming out of the, the sink, and I was like, don't Ew. drink the water. They were like, there's no black chunks. Nobody bought it. I don't understand why. It was in the toilet, it was in the sink, it was everywhere. And they were like, yep, yeah, no, don't. I was like, I'm not drinking that water. And they are like, we aren't drinking it either. And I was like, okay. And then, the next day, 1.5 million people in the city of Philadelphia <laughs> got an alert on their phone. For the love of God, don't drink the water, you're gonna die. <laughs> so... Big chemical spill in Philly, if you don't know. And, uh, yeah, so I was going to a, a concert. It was a hot day. Couldn't drink water, fountain soda, nothing. So that left beer all day in the hot weather. I'm drinking beer, and then I go to a show where I'm jumping around and shit, drinking beer and liquor. They're making me do Jaeger bombs and shit against my will. I'm, uh, I get peer pressure. It happens. <laughs> I'm sure they really <laughs> twisted your arm. Oh, Jaeger makes the blood thick. Anyway, so Miles yeah. is the Philadelphia water Nostradamus and Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I was <laughs> yep. the whole time I was like, I fucking told you. I told you. Now there's one point five million people buying all the water off the shelves. <laughs> this is a problem. So yeah, I was just like running around, getting sweaty, getting crazy, dehydrated, no water to drink. And the next day, I thought I was gonna die. It was, I can't party like I did in my early twenties. Go figure. Nobody had any Gatorade or anything. Yeah, no. We drink other things but water and the, beer. Those aren't the only two options. We had the the Airbnb came with four bottles of water, and there were five of us. So we had a Hunger Games style. Uh, fight for the water, and I ended up with two bottles because I'm the fucking best. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yep, that was, uh, that was the real-life horror. And I started watching a Netflix show yesterday called I Am a Stalker, and that <laughs> shit is scary, man. Real-life stalkers. What's it about? <laughs> 
It's a like they talk to <laughs> real life stalkers in prison, and then <sighs> all of their victims. And it's like, yeah, I woke up and he was standing over me with a knife in his hand because I was sleeping with my husband and my husband got stabbed in the chest. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like it's fucking insane. <laughs> so yeah, some of these, there was no water to be seen. There was anyway. no water anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that. And uh, oh, I watched that movie, The Burial on Shudder, and there is no element of horror whatsoever. Draco Malfoy's in it. And if he had brought his wand, it would be much more effective than the gun he was using. And that is my spooky stuff for the, the week. <laughs> Chris, what's up with you? I finally started a game that I played a little bit of in the early 2010s. But now I am revisiting on the PS5, Alan Wake. Overwatch. <laughs> no, a- Alan Wake. Um it's a horror video game about a writer and his wife who go to this island uh, for a vacation. And it ends up that the house that you rented is like cursed with similar to this is tying back into our throwback master of master of horror masters of horror. Uh, the episode where they wrote the beast into existence. Um, the the Candyman. Mm. Valerie under the stairs. That's yeah. what that was called. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Todd. Tony, Tony Todd. Todd. Slinging rod. Yeah, the beast monster. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> then that guy turned into paper, somewhat, somewhat <laughs> similar idea in the sense that like, basically this particular demon preys on artists of all kinds. So poets, writers, uh, there's a musician that they reference, but you're a writer and basically you write this like evil, you're a horror writer and you write this evil story and it's like brought to life and you have to like live it out and you're trying to find your wife and when you're fighting the different monsters and kind of like ghost shadow images of people um you have to like shine your flashlight on them to make them able to be shot to death <laughs> cuz it sounds is that is an episode of Extreme Ghostbusters that is very much like this as well. <laughs> it's fun. I I'm enjoying it. Um, the story is pretty interesting, and I never got to beat it when I originally played it. So I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. Is this like a remaster? It is, yeah, for the PS5. But the new one is coming out. Alan Wake Two. They're saying that's coming out this year. Um, Instead of a writer, it's a dubstep artist. (laughs) (laughs) That would honestly kind of be dope. (coughs) (laughs) The monster turns like the dubstep beats are just like basically transformers or whatever the villains are (laughs) in the tomorrow war. (laughs) Those are crazy monsters too. Have you guys seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Edge of Tomorrow? Tomorrow War is a good movie. Well, Oh, is that the uh, Chris Pratt one? Yeah, yeah. honestly, Edge of Tomorrow good. too. either or. Yeah, yeah Edge of Tomorrow is the shit. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow is the shit. 
I like put that on his background TV and my three friends I was hanging out with and my girlfriend, we all just like ended up stopping talking and just watching what was happening. Cause we're like, Whoa, what is that? And nobody had seen it <laughs> except for me. I'm like, y'all are crazy. <laughs> Emily Blunt. You're so captive. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's bring this back around. So, uh, Alan Wake is my spooky thing. Like I said, I got it on sale on the PlayStation Network. Check it out. Um, keep an eye out for it on sale. It's definitely worth the playthrough. It's a fun single-player game. Uh, to get through the whole story is about 10 hours. It's episodic, and there's a sequel coming out this year that'll be for all the next-gen. Cool. Josh? Yeah, everything's going next-gen. I wanted that Dead Space remake, but it's only on the next-gen. Mm. Come to my side. Next year. Next year, I'll get a PS4. Five. uh, I was going to say, don't get a PS4 next year, please. (laughs) Yeah. No. I was going to get this one this year, but my dad gave me his Xbox, so I got an Xbox One now. Hell yeah. Um, Next year, I'm getting a PlayStation 3. That's what I was just (laughs) Retro. It's all about that retro. You're playing Overwatch, dude. That shit's from like 10 years ago. (laughs) Six. <laughs> talk about your talk about your PS5. You're playing an old ass game. Uh, um, yeah, spooky stuff. I have turned my back on the namesake of this podcast. I have uh, haven't not been smoking the devil's lettuce for three days, and it is terrifying. <laughs> Can you insert a oh like crowd yeah, noise? Dis- disappointment, <laughs> disappointed crowd noise, <laughs> shock and awe. <laughs> As you might take from the name, we like to partake in a little bit of the God's Green on this show, and uh, I'm taking a little bit of break, so uh, that's pretty spooky. Other than that, no no spooky stuff. I'll probably get a spooky game here uh, sooner than later, so look forward to that on, on future spooky things. But, uh, spooky. yeah. Get Outlast. Into Scream 6. Outlast, Outlast is a dollar. Get it. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. That's the one uh, where it's like you're being you're chased in like a broken down asylum or something like that. Yeah, it's fucking scary. Yeah, it looks scary. <laughs> it's yeah. scary as shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna talk about Scream Six now. Let's yeah. talk about it. So Screevy. Probably the biggest misnaming opportunity. We thought five cream was <laughs> was a missed option. We thought scream with the five was a missed option, but no. Scravy. Scravy. <laughs> um, okay, so. Directed by two people, Matt Bettinelli Olpen and Tyler Gillett. Now, these guys worked on VHS. Um, they, Boo. Yeah. And Ready or Not. And The Last Scream. So some good consistency from the directors. Um, as a follow-up, this movie, in my opinion, beats the hell out of the last one. Now, we'll get into it, but just I'll say that right off the bat. I had a blast watching this movie in theaters. Um, but... Basically, this film is the first time we're going to get Ghostface out of Woodsboro, except for they already took him to California. Um, Woodsboro's in California. 
Yeah, but but where where they have the film? Oh, where they went to L.A. for the yeah, movie? Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was a a bold move that I think pays off in this film. Uh, what did you guys think about that? Before we get into the whole breakdown, I like the part where he stabbed Lady Liberty. <laughs> no he he didn't do that it was sick uh, when he had the he like came up and he's like i'm doing the big apple and he stabbed that <laughs> apple on that cart i like that he had the i heart ny shirt over his his ghost face outfit the whole time oh my god and the matching <laughs> socks too <laughs> yeah this movie's wild folks <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought it was cool. I don't think they used it like they could have done maybe newer things since they had like such a bigger like place to deal with now. Like they could have went into a lot of different directions and it's just like sometimes there's more people around, but sometimes there's surprisingly very few people around <laughs> for being in the most populated city in the world. Yeah, and they they play pretty fast and loose with a lot of things like that, but I had a great time because the whole time I'm sitting there going, that's definitely the killer. Oh, maybe that one's the killer. <laughs> and it was pretty much just that. But, like, your initial thought of who the killer is is absolutely correct, and that is <laughs> how the movie goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw this with Tammy, my co-host from my other show, and we were we were passing theories around kind of jokingly and then it got to a point where i was like nope this is exactly what's going on and it turned out to be pretty much almost all the way accurate <laughs> so uh. i couldn't believe when it actually happened i was like oh shit i thought that was a little far-fetched but i mean i, I called it <laughs> um also first scream that does not feature neve campbell and that's okay i thought that was all right what'd you guys think about that we still I, I think it. I, I think it also could have not featured Gail Weathers, and it would have been just fine as well. I also agree with that. <laughs> we got the plastic woman back. Can't get yeah. enough of her. She back. Yeah. She got a good haircut in this. <laughs> yeah, and she, yeah, she looks pretty good. Yeah. She got old lady hands now. Mm-hmm. I, she intentionally wasn't afraid the whole movie, and I think it's because her face can no longer convey fear. <laughs> so the whole movie, she's just like. You think I'm scared of you, do you? I've done this once or twice. Good. And, uh, <laughs> there, there are a few things that happen in this movie where I'm just like, "All right, already, Jesus Christ!" Like, I, we're in number six. Like, stop beating this dead horse. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about Gail Weathers' face. <laughs> <laughs> but a bumped. <laughs> But uh, I did. I really like this. But I really like the last one. You guys kind of soured on it a little bit after after seeing it numerous times. Maybe I would have. I haven't watched it again. But I I really liked it when I saw it. Yeah, I don't hate it. Like compared to four, I liked five better. But I know that's sacrilege on this podcast. Why? Four why dope. would you say that? <laughs> I think they're on par. I really like five. They're basically the same movie, but this they are one. Basically the same. Movie. This one is a little different. Um. All Fake right. technology isn't a thing in this one, which is cool. I was appreciative of the technology being caught up to real life for a change. Yeah, I agree. 
it is nice to just not be stuck in whatever like early 2000s 2011 yeah, yeah tw- 2011 the time that was known for live streaming from cell phones <laughs> in a classroom giant webcams yeah. <laughs> okay so uh this film takes place a year after the woodsboro killings re- orchestrated by richie and amber uh, in the last film, Scream 5, or 5 Cream, as we call it. Um, 5 Cream. So they're at Blackmore University uh, in this one, which we'll touch back on. But the film opens with the Blackmore University professor, Laura Crane, who I believe she was in Ready or Not as well. She was the lead. She was. Yes, yeah, Samara Weaving, yeah. niece of Hugo Weaving. I interesting. I don't know who Hugo Weaving is. So bad. You know Hugo Weaving, Elrond. Mr. Smith from The Matrix. Who is? What is he? Hugo Weaving. He's, he's Elrond. He's in the, the Matrix. Oh, Agent Smith. yeah. He's the Red Skull, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Hugo Weaving's a G. And his yeah, niece that's in, that. In this movie, that lady, I'm not convinced she's not the same actress who plays Harley Quinn. Because they're virtually no, identical. They do look they do look alike, yeah. She's using a real accent in this one. She's the babysitter in the babysitter. Uh, <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, um we get introduced to this new character. Her name's Laura Crane. And she is called uh or she she's meeting someone for a online like Tinder date. And uh while at the bar waiting for a long time, she eventually gets a call. Uh, supposedly the guy was saying that he was lost in the city and didn't know what block he was at. And <laughs> she was telling him about her job, which was uh, a film professor focused on slasher films. <laughs> Because of course she is. Yes. <laughs> she lives in the Scream universe. Yep. So it has to be movie related. And Scre- First dead horse to be beat with a bat. And Screamy, <laughs> everyone is involved in some way to films. Um, <laughs> She's also talking to a person that Tammy and I both believe to be Miles Trout. Because <laughs> it sounded just <laughs> like you. Did it? <laughs> yeah, she's like, that sounds like Miles. I was like, holy shit, that does sound like Miles. <laughs> I knew immediately it was Flash from Spider-Man. I knew it. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's it's new Flash Tom, Indian Flash Thompson. Yeah. Um. So eventually, she does get uh, lured outside, and she's trying to help direct him, and he is acting like he's in distress on the phone, saying that he's being attacked. So she ends up running into an alleyway. Uh, which he had told her that he was using the alleyways to move block to block. And uh, that's when she finds out that she was catfished by her student, Indian Flash Gordon, or Jason Carvey um, in this film. What is that? Do we know that guy's name? uh, Flash Thompson. Yeah. He uh, the best line in the movie. It's in New York. I'm, ass- I'm assuming he's playing his same game. <laughs> Flash Thompson goes to college. Well, the best line in the movie is when he calls her and he goes, "Well, what's your favorite scary movie?" And she goes, "Not that one." <laughs> that should make me laugh out loud. Anthony Revolori is his name. Um, yeah, dude's blown up. 
Oh my god, I forgot he's in the Grand Budapest Hotel as well. Great movie. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, at this point, she is lured into the middle of an alleyway and is charged by a ghost face uh, that stabs the shit out of her. Uh, first kill, we see some serious freaking brutality. Really sets the tone for the film. Everyone gets stabbed about 57 times. Yeah. Yeah. He just keeps going and going and going, and I'm like... Dude, you could have just gone on a date with her. Like, that would have been yeah. equally awesome. Yeah, what are you doing? She's hot. <laughs> Keep on stabbing. <laughs> yeah. And he turns out to be a copycat killer, as they all are, right? But he has a, an accomplice, which is his roommate. Yes. And they have little shrines, little little ghost face shrines everywhere. Yep. Yeah, Their their, their plan is they want to kill Sam and... Jenna Ortega. What's Jenna Ortega's name? Um, Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega. <laughs> Tara. Sam and Tara. Yeah, they want to kill her, but why? I don't remember why. Just because? Just because they idolize the movie? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And and then he gets a phone call, who he thinks is his roommate, using Ghostface filter, because that's just a thing. <laughs> Everybody does it. That was, Everybody's got the ghost face app. And he's like, Oh, this isn't funny, like you're fucking with me and he's like, No, it's good like and they they're having a talk and he knows all he's like questioning him, like, Oh yeah, no, we grew up in we met in high school and blah, blah. and he's like, Oh, all right. And then it it turns as it does. I thought, uh, before he gets to his apartment, I thought the fact that he runs into Tara and it's just kind of like, Where is this opening going? Because it's a lot different than a normal scream opening which i thought was cool that they were kind of breaking the tradition of phone call kill scream intro (laughs) yeah yeah it was different for sure um i i felt like um yeah i don't know it was not my favorite by any means it was not my favorite intro um it was different but it wasn't necessarily like my my jam as much i thought the kill was very brutal though it is yeah i just i want an intro where this was cool also because we we got the reveal of who the ghost face is right there and then i want one where ghost face is captured at the beginning i want one where they they find it you find out who it is because he gets arrested <laughs> and like and you find out there's a wider, wider thing going. Also, Hannibal, they have to go and ask Ghostface, where are the other Ghostface? You know the movies better than anyone. <laughs> also, the game of hot and cold that uh, he had to play, Jason had to play. Very sexual. Uh, and then <laughs> and eventually opening the fridge and finding his roommate's head and intestines in there. A lot of intestines in this movie. Yeah. And then I think his he gets disemboweled too, right? Yep. Oh. There can be only one. Ah, me guts. <laughs> ah, me guts. <laughs> yep. See, I, and I thought this part was great because new ghost, another another ghost face pops up and kills Flash Thompson. Yes. And he's like, "This is not how it happens in the movie." And, and, and Ghostface goes, "Fuck the movies," and kills yeah. him. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, we're finally ending this yeah. obsessed with movies bullshit." Yeah. Nope. No, we're nope. not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought I was getting my wish finally. Um, now, at this point, uh, we kind of jump over to Sam and Tara, who now live in New York City, and they're at the university, which is a fun parallel to Scream 1 and Scream 2, uh, which is what I would describe uh, Screamy as compared <laughs> to Scream 5 Cream. Excuse me. Oh, they definitely get into that. Yeah. <laughs> With their whole, we're in a requel, sequel, fucking, uh, <laughs> we'll get to that part. Oh, yeah. I hate that part. Um, <laughs> so uh, they're also there at this university with Chad and Mindy from uh, the last film. The Core The four. Twins. The Twins. The Core Four. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love the twins, and I love them especially because they really seem like they could be twins. They're not related at all, but they they seem enough like they could be. They're twins. awesome. They're I really really like their characters. If they die, it's actually gonna be sad. <laughs> Spoiler alert: they don't die. Yeah, um, kind of for no reason. That part at the end is real weird. <laughs> hell yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> they also have their roommate Quinn Bailey, uh, who is the horny one. <laughs> she loves to get it, and I'm here for it. Yep. Uh, we have Mindy, which is one of the twins, her girlfriend, Annika. And then we have, how would you get, what would you say about Annika? I don't really, she didn't stand out too much because I feel like she didn't get a ton of screen time. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah, she's just not in it very much. Yeah. Had to be a body count somewhere. Yep. Uh, and then we had Chad's roommate, Ethan Landry, who was the... Who looks looks exactly like Evan Peters. Yeah. <laughs> Super nerdy guy. If anyone was going to get compared to me, I thought for sure it was going to be that guy just because he had curly hair. No. 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 This motherfucker's got killer written all yeah. over you're a sex god, Miles. Don't ever deny it. Nobody yeah. should. Shiny golden <laughs> golden god. Um, all right. So uh, we have Sam attending therapy with Dr. Stone. Um, and she ends up in the process of this being ostracized. Uh, it also alludes to like um, her being like overprotective and overbearing of Tara, but uh, she ends up getting ostracized in public due to this like online conspiracy theory that she was the actual mastermind of the killings in Five Cream. Um, so, <laughs> so this lady rolls up on her and dumps a drink on her. Um, well, we're not done with the therapist. She is the worst therapist in fucking history. <laughs> this know, man acts like he did not go to school for this to become a doctor. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I, I killed my boyfriend because he was a serial killer. And he's like, oh, I, I can't handle this. I need you to leave. Like, this is, I, I'm not trained for this. <laughs> it's like, calm the fuck down, dude. You literally are trained for it. There's a whole lot of you are trained to handle this appropriately, and it doesn't happen in this movie. <laughs> yeah. You're to, you're supposed to counsel people through trauma, and she finally opens up about this traumatic event, and you're like, get the fuck <laughs> <laughs> I know. Really, though. That was crazy. Like, I also thought he was the guy that does the voice of Ghostface, and I was like, oh, he's finally getting a role. And then I saw the credits, and I was like, oh, it's not him at all. They're like, no, nah, you'll never be on screen. 
<laughs> what I did like in the credits is the, the what's the roommate's name that likes to get the D? Quinn. Quinn. She's like, uh, Sam's like, is that Paul in there? And she's like, no, no, no. And you hear the guy go, who's Paul? <laughs> no, that that guy is listed in the credits as Paul 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. Also, at this point in time, uh, they go to a party and... Uh, Jenna Ortega gets litty titty and is about to go upstairs with douchebag frat guy who is clearly going to take advantage of her. Um, yeah, what a piece of shit this dude is. Luckily, Chad was there. Yeah, and Chad swoops in. White knight lands down and <laughs> fucking just he's about to throw down with this guy. And she's like, no, I'm good. I want it. And then he fucking drags her up the stairs. And that's when Chad goes into hyper Chad mode. Yeah. (laughs) Chad puffs his chest. Chad's like, don't you touch her. And he's about to throw down. And then Sam bursts in because Quinn had told her that uh, Tara was at this party so she bursts into the fraternity house and she ends up kneeing uh, whoever the frat douchebag guy is in the nuts. And then what? Pepper, oh, she, pepper spray? She, tases she him doesn't knee him. She doesn't knee him. She oh, tases yeah, him. What She's like, I'm going to tase you in the balls right yep. now. <laughs> Good old ball sack tasering. Oh, my God. There's Imagine a lawsuit when pain. he wants to have kids. Can't, can't have kids no more. I'm going to sue you. That's what would happen. That's the next one. <laughs> and when, and when, Revenge risk testicles. And when he goes to sue her, she puts it in his freaking booty. <laughs> <laughs> that would also hurt very much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, after all of kind of the little character development stuff we got going on, um, we get a call from Quinn's father, Detective Wayne Bailey, uh, to Sam, and he's wanting to question her because they found her ID at the site of Jason's murder, along with a ghost face mask worn by Richie and Amber in Five Cream. Dun, dun, dun. So this is where we start to really ride off into the night of implausibility. Because it's just like they have all of the relics from every murder and it just like the phone is there at one point. That made me laugh. Anyway, yeah, they just okay, so we have the masks. We didn't contaminate them. And not only that, but the police can trace it and know exactly who had it and when. Yeah, immediately, immediately we got a DNA test result back. <laughs> yeah, it did, mm, did, okay. And then there's a whole lot of okay throughout this whole movie. <laughs> but it's 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 a good time. It's fun. I'm going to shit on it, but it was a fun movie. I'm going to say that now. I love the Museum of Horrors. <laughs> the Curio of Darkness. Yeah, it is a, it's a really it's a good time, but it's very easy to poke holes in it if you start thinking about it for more than half a second. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Speaking of getting holes poked, um, <laughs> so 
uh, on the way to the police station, uh, Ghostface ends up calling Sam from Richie's phone, uh, and then he attacks Tara and pursues both of them into one of the best scenes here, into a bodega. Uh, we get the typical, you got a problem, pal? <laughs> Like Bodeg, <laughs> like New- I'm walking here. New York, like we're New York strong. <laughs> like New York tough guy acting a bodega, and he gets put down like old Yeller. Um, <laughs> yeah, my he- heart's not ready for the trauma, Chris. He gets murdered <laughs> very brutally, um, and. You can just tell there's like a different kind of brutality in this in this film. I felt like every kill was super brutal, you know. It is it is very intense. Maybe it's that New York attitude. And <laughs> <laughs> off it. And this is also the most controversial scene of the film because Ghostface gets a gun, which he never uses, except for the fact that he has one in every single movie. <laughs> yeah, the people who are complaining about that clearly haven't watched any of these movies. Like, since <laughs> yeah, when does the yeah. killer have a gun? Have you watched any of them? Any, it's yeah. every single one. Yeah, the third act of the last five movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he kills the first guy, then the second dude. Uh, he goes after... Tara and Sam, but you hear a shotgun click, and we've got the bodega clerk who is ready to go hard as fuck right now. That dude's. <laughs> that happens about six times in this movie where someone could shoot Ghostface in the head, but first they go, hey! <laughs> Instead of just pulling the trigger. <laughs> and he does take the shot, though, after. And Ghostface dodges it, but uh, we get like a cool little scene where you see, like, at the very last second, he comes up behind the dude with the shotgun through one of those, like, uh, corner mirrors that you have at, like, a pharmacy. And he just gets wrecked. And then he gets the shotgun turned on him, which was super freaking brutal. I, I'm actually happy they didn't show me his face getting exploded by the shotgun. Um, I mean, they could have, but yeah, it was way worse when they didn't show me, to be honest with you. I wish they had shown it at like eight different angles. <laughs> <laughs> Pano. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so at this point, we kind of get like a cat and mouse situation where Tara and Sam are like going aisle to aisle crawling. Um, I thought this was a super intense scene. One of the things that I loved about this movie was that I felt like it had a lot of intensity and there were parts that were genuinely scary. Um, which most Scream movies are not at all. No. Um, but, uh, let's see. Yeah, so in the bodega... Uh, Ghostface gives him a couple warning shots. He's trying to find them. They're like throwing stuff across the store and things. Uh, and Pringles can bounces off his head. <laughs> yep. And they end up <laughs> getting away after pushing a shelf on top of him. Um, and the police come and he runs out the back door. Well, it is weird. The scene goes on for as long as it does because he's clearly not trying to kill them right now. Like, 
He's just toying with them. Yeah. There's plenty of times where he knows exactly where they are and he doesn't shoot them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would be a short-ass movie if he did it, yeah, even though yeah, he absolutely yeah. could have many times. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, this ghost face leaves the 2011 Woodsboro Killings mask behind. Uh, the ones from I Scream do like 4. the older masks. I like the ones that are beat up a bit. I no, they're, I think they they're look, sick. They look really cool. Yeah, that's they're my favorite so far. When are they gonna drop the freaking devil variant? They have it in Dead by Daylight, but they don't have it. <laughs> Where's the chrome one with the fucking sleeveless T-shirt, <laughs> bro? Please. <laughs> and the flamethrower. That would be awesome. I don't even care. I don't care what anyone says. If they actually make that movie, I'm 100% going multiple times. Vin Diesel as Ghostface. That would be sick <laughs> as fuck. Let Robert Rodriguez direct it. <laughs> Give us Stab. We only want Stab 6, though. We don't, we don't want the rest of them. Um, now, uh, we have Tara and Sam who go to the police station. Um, and, and, like... Sam is heavily sus to everyone. Um, even though it's like very clearly not her. Um, yeah, they're like, well, there's this rumor <laughs> that you killed all those people. I know, right? <laughs> She's like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> um, she is- I do. I I will say, Sam, you looking good, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't notice this as much in the fir- in the last one, but goddamn. Like you are put together. I feel. I will say this movie has the cardinal sin that drives me crazy in a lot of movies. Being someone from New England, is New York is climate-wise about the same where I live, even though it's not in New England. You wouldn't be walking around at Halloween time in a tank top. It's too fucking cold outside for that shit. But they have it happen in movies all the time where, that are set at Halloween that people are outside in like sleeveless t-shirts. If you're above Virginia. It's it's like forty degrees outside <laughs> the day before November starts. It's fucking cold. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it really is. And she's wearing like just a white tank top at one point. Like it, uh, it's definitely not the thing. But I felt right she, at home because uh, I'm from Florida. I was yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> rock that comfort, girl. Um, <laughs> if ever you're interested in seeing her boobs, she gets nude in. Club de Cuevos, Vida, and In the Heights. And that's the Boob Report. Yeah, Miles sent us to it. It's, uh, it's something to see. <laughs> um, now, when they are at the police station, uh, we find out that the uh, father of Queen, Quinn uh, is on their case in addition to... Uh, a fan favorite coming back, Kirby Reed, FBI special Kirby. agent, Kirby Reed, Hayden Panettiere. Save the cheerleader. You still look Save good, girl. Yeah, yeah, survivor of the 2011 Woodsboro Massacre. Let's go. That's our class, boys. Yeah. Well, FBI. me and Miles is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, Ooh. she was like the top of her game back then, and then she just fell off after that movie. And now she's back, motherfuckers. Yep. Um, they also run into Gail Weathers outside, uh, who Tara ends up punching in the face. Yeah, what a piece of shit. 
She ended the last movie saying, I'm not going to write a book about these killers. I'm going to write a book about Dewey. And then she wrote a book about those killers. What a fucking twat. I know. <laughs> she must not have liked Dewey very much. Yeah. This is how you disrespect so, Dewey. Fuck Dewey. <laughs> Spit on his grave. Um, that man was killed by a 95-pound girl. <laughs> she gutted him. She gutted him <laughs> like a trout, Gail. <laughs> You know how much weight she had to thrust down, Gail? <laughs> she picked him up off the ground. Physically, it's impossible. <laughs> um, yeah, so she punches Gail Weathers in the face, which is pretty funny to see. Well, Sam tries to, and Gail ducks yeah. it. And she's like, it ain't my first rodeo. And then Tara, <laughs> punches her right in the face. Tara got the guns, dude. She got Falcon the hands. punch. <laughs> Um, Gail reveals that Sydney and her family have gone into hiding in response to the recent attacks. Good call, Sydney. Probably should have started doing that about like ten years ago. Um, I.e., they didn't give Nev Campbell enough money to return. Good, which I'm fine with because I don't know how she would they would have fit her in this story at all. That would have seemed fucking hamfisted. I love Sydney, but have some movies without her, and then pay her pay her to come back in like three or four movies. Yeah, inevitably bring her back as the killer for no reason. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> That's Scream Ten. Yeah, not as it. I mean, they're they're pretty ridiculous already. We'll, when we get revealed the killer, we're gonna go over the history of killers and their motives. I wanna, in these I wanna films. see her it's lift a fucking dumb. I wanna see her lift a grown man off the ground with <laughs> one hand with a knife. She's <laughs> she flipped a car. <laughs> Look at those quads. Bring her down. <laughs> Nev Campbell's hamstrings are ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so um, we should say before the convenience store situation happened, they teased a little love fling between Tara and uh, what's his name? Chad. Chad. Yeah, which Chad. which was unexpected, but I liked it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we're going in a direction. Cute here. together. He's it's gonna cute. be the yeah. new Dewey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gonna be the dude. Hell yeah, I'll take it. Love <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that, but he really is because he gets the shit stabbed out of him repeatedly. Yeah, hopefully Tara doesn't turn into a Gale Withers, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so word don't you do that to me? Don't you put that evil on <laughs> yeah. me? Sorry. Um, in the meantime, we get a. A jump over to Dr. Stone, the psychiatrist that Sam was dealing with earlier. Um, and we get a incredibly brutal kill through a mail slot into this man's head. Not even I don't even think it was through the mail slot. He punched through the glass of the door and stabbed him in the mouth. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Get some! That's when you know that... At least one of the killers is not a small woman, because this dude is like six four. That comes bursting through that fucking window. Ninety pound yeah. woman just absolutely crumpled that door. Yeah, it's fucking the accuracy of this person. <laughs> um, but yeah, Doctor Stone gets murdered uh, in a very brutal way. That's kind of a theme for all these kills. I feel I feel like that's like minimizing it because they are exceptionally brutal um, compared to any of the other Scream movies except for five. But um, I do kind of feel a syndrome coming on. It's like Halloween kills 
Like, we got brutality. The story's a little bit of a fart. The one before it was okay. And now, like, this next one I'm scared for. But, yeah, like, it, it's oh, got... Transference of evil. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, it is following the Terror's same... going to get possessed by the ghost face, man. I think in more ways than they intend, it is like a sequel requel. Because it is following the same beats that Halloween Kills did. What's your favorite scary movie tonight? <laughs> Halloween ends. <laughs> um, it's terrifying. Yeah, I I don't know. I actually think this is better than five. Uh, where uh, and I actually liked Kills better than yeah Kills. Than it was like an upward trajectory and then just a plummet. And I'm hoping Scream Seven is not a plummet. True. Yeah. I mean. Honestly, what I would like is make it a bigger cast with more kills. Because I, I love Yeah, that. more more old people in a house randomly getting killed. No. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I, I would just like to, when we get to the kill, we'll talk about this more when we get to the killers, but I would like the killers to be more of a, a shake-up. Like the, the, how these people are related to, and like mixed in and why they're doing what they're doing. It's so like you're grasping at straws. I want them to have like fresh and new. I want them to have like a paid government death force that all wears like ghost face masks. (laughs) I I want like a fucking stews in prison and it's a cult or something like, yeah, that would be good. I'd take a cult of ghost face. Like at least it's like, it's always so personal, and it's like, Jesus, like, this group of people just have the worst luck of constantly running into psychos that are related to psychos or no psychos, or, like, these people were weak-minded and snapped because of the smallest, like, it's just, I, I don't know, it's, it's, we'll get to it when we talk about the killers. Would it be better or worse, though, if they took off the mask and was like, who the fuck is that guy? He's like, you don't remember me from math class? <laughs> that's a good point and kind of a, what i feel like they did in the second movie <laughs> i mean like pr- with the mom you didn't really know who the fuck that lady was i guess she showed up one time and i feel like they've all kind of been like that they've been like oh you didn't know i was actually this person it's like well yeah no shit <laughs> nobody did like we didn't know you existed <laughs> yeah so <clears throat> um uh, Ghostface, when he kills the doctor, he ends up stealing Sam's file and leaves behind the mask worn in the Hollywood killings by Roman in Scream 3. Sydney's long lost brother, I believe, was the storyline. Yeah, story I guess. Because um, yeah. that poor girl is just so unlucky enough to have dated a serial killer who also murdered his mom who had a bastard child who also became a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of get a interesting perspective. Earlier in the movie, we are introduced to this boyfriend of Sam's that's the hot neighbor guy is what they call him. His name... From She-Hulk. Yep. <laughs> and his name's... I love that guy. His name's Danny. Uh, definite red herring character. They want you to think that he is like one of the killers for sure. Um, I don't think he. I don't feel like he does anything evil though. Like he doesn't do anything suspicious. No, I know. But besides the fact that he's just new and that's dead. exactly what it is. Um, 
but he from his window watches Ghostface killing Quinn in Sam and Tara's apartment while they're all <laughs> having a nice conversation at the kitchen table talking about the core four. The core um, four. Core four. Um, at this point, like all hell breaks loose in the apartment. Um, he finally gets a hold of Sam or someone and tells them. I love when he's just banging on the window and he's like, hey, hey, you. He's <laughs> like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, uh, so at this point, he has killed Quinn. The whatever Danny 2.0 has been murdered. Yeah, they're like, uh, that guy's Paul dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you never see a body? <laughs> yeah. Um, or no, I think you do. He's in the bathtub. Yeah, in the yeah. Bathtub, and that's that's what you get. Is that guy's dead? <laughs> um, and then uh, ends up killing Annika, uh, which is a very brutal, yeah. drawn out death. Uh, so that scene is very tense and scary. They yeah. barricade themselves in one of the bedrooms, and they're gonna crawl across a ladder that Danny from across the way has provided, so that they can use it as a catwalk to get from point A to point B. Um, yeah, for some reason, he has a collapsible ladder that just happens to be the perfect length between his window <laughs> and, and and Sam's window. <laughs> I actually really like this scene, and I felt like this was like a good use of the fact that they were in New York. Yep. I would have liked another like fall or push death. Like it would have been cool if if Ghostface could have like corralled someone to the roof and then shoved them off. Or like if the core four were doing parkour and they shoved one of them off the top, that would have been great. <laughs> core par four. Or Ghostface uppercutted one of their heads off as a homage to Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> um. So at this point, uh, uh, he Ghostface shakes Quinn, or I'm sorry, Annika, off of the ladder after a very tense crossing from Mindy, um, and also Chad. Yeah, Chad also crosses, and obviously, no, Chad, Chad and Tara run away. They get, they get. Oh yeah, they're yeah, they're on the stairwell. Sam goes across the ladder, and then what's Chad's sister's name? Mindy. Mindy goes across. She's been slashed. Yeah. And but Annika has been stabbed and is like bleeding to death and trying to get across. And Ghostface is like shaking the fucking. It's very tense where she's like almost falling off. Yeah. And then she does fall and she smacks her head off the fucking dumpster. Oh, oh my god, that was brutal. It looks so real. I know. I know it's horrible. Um, so uh, the. The father, Wayne, is officially taken off the case because Quinn is killed. Um, but he vows to help the group and avenge his daughter. Um, this is where my this is where I made my proclamation to Tammy on who the killers were and how it was all related. I'll come back once we reveal it. But things were said that I was like, oh, it's this. <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so cop dad is now on the case, but off duty. Yep. Uh, so Gail takes the group to an abandoned cinema that she found while investigating, uh, which was set up as a shrine to the Ghostface killers, um, who we are led to believe are the two guys killed in the 
intro credits. Um, but we find out later that it was actually being paid for and was owned by Richie from Five Cream, the dude from The Boys. Uh, yeah. So it's a shine to Ghostface. It has all of the Ghostface memorabilia, all of the different masks. We got the phone. We got the TV that killed Stu Mocker. Or did it kill Stu Mocker? We hope not. Yeah, they 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 yeah they make a little reference to maybe he's maybe Stu's not dead. Yeah, they say if you believe that type of thing, <laughs> we see Drew Barrymore's melted phone in a case. <laughs> yeah, um, from the popcorn fire. So just a lot. <laughs> we do see one of Gail Weathers' books on display that is <laughs> entitled "Knife of Doom," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which made me cackle with joy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. I liked it. Um, Knife of doom. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we we get to see all of this. We get to see all the different masks and everything and all of the serial killer memorabilia. So, um, at this point, uh, everybody decides to kind of split, go home, regroup, whatever. Ghostface ends up calling Gail at her apartment and is tormenting her about the death of Dewey. Um, and her, she tells her boyfriend to go, first of all, Gail, it's been a year since Dewey was fucking gutted like a trout. And you got a boyfriend? Jack, dude, too. Like this huge yeah. guy that there's no explanation for his existence or his disappearance, really. He was put down. I mean, a knife is the great equalizer. So it seems, <laughs> especially if it was a 90-pound girl who did it. <laughs> she, she could literally gut a moose while it was running at her at full speed. Um, She's fit, Miles. She's fit. So uh, we we get this kind of fun scene where they're talking shit to each other. I actually really liked her dialogue with Ghostface Gills kind of back and forth with her. I think it plays a lot better than Sydney's like I'm over this shit kind of stuff in five cream. Um, yeah. I like Ghostface just kind of running her down being like, you've never been the main character. I know. <laughs> like, I know. It's hilarious. Um, honestly, and he's like, you've never even been on the phone with me. <laughs> this is, yeah. I know. I don't never had that realization that in six movies, she's never talked to the killer before. She certainly acts like she has though. But this yeah. this is honestly my favorite scene in the movie because she fucking throws down with him and she's like, hey, still has a landline. Let's get real people. Not that many people have the triple play, but yep. the <laughs> she still has a landline and she like she's like, hold on a second. And she hangs up on him and then like star 69s him to hear the phone ring. That was that amazing. Was awesome. that I know. Was that was awesome. Yeah, I really, really liked I actually I feel like Gale in this movie was much better than everyone except for Dewey in the last movie. Agreed. Like it just it it played so much better in this, which is one of the one of the big takeaways I had. But um anyways, uh she I was also going to say it reminds me her never speaking to Ghostface reminds me of like Legolas never talking to Frodo. <laughs> yeah, the whole, <laughs> the the whole series. Yeah. Um but uh 
we do see in the background while she's on the call, and I love this. I love the the kind of background kills. Um, the boyfriend just getting like jumped, and it just kind of leaves it up to the imagination because there's plenty of brutality coming for Gail. She does throw down. Miles, you're 100 percent right. She is like fighting for her life more so than most characters in this entire franchise. Um, it doesn't feel she, like she's fighting for her life though. It feels like she's fighting to end it. She's like, fuck this person. I'm so sick of this bullshit. Like she doesn't seem like she's scared. She seems like she's yeah. been like, I've been waiting for this. I'm so yeah. angry. <laughs> Did, uh, w- yeah. She got no problem firing off some shots in a well-populated housing <laughs> building. <laughs> that was awesome. She like runs. Into I the swore other. the one time where she star 69, the call and it rang and she shot. I thought she shot the delivery guy. Cause she said she was waiting on yeah. food. Oh my god, that would have been. So I was waiting for her to open the door and be like an Amazon delivery guy on the ground. <laughs> Congrats, Gail, you're a murderer. <laughs> yeah, you killed your DoorDash truck. <laughs> um, it's like you put your option to come inside the house. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we we do get a showdown with her. Um, uh, wasn't it like a trap because they went to meet up? And they didn't tell Gail. Yeah, they did like a stakeout where they're like, just walk in public. He'll call. We promise. And yeah, she, yeah it's weird. <laughs> she just walks in public and they call and they're like, not here. So then they steal the cop's car. Yeah. Well, he's just sitting there being like, you're stealing a cop he's car. Like, it's like, motherfucker, you have a gun. I can't believe <laughs> you take this. <laughs> yeah. For um, no reason, by the way. Never comes back into play, really. They just get there, and that's the cop car scene. And Sam does the same thing as the grocery store owner. Instead of just shooting Ghostface in the skull, she goes, Hey, stop stabbing Gail. Bang, bang, bang. Hey, Ghostface, spell your name. <laughs> I thought that scene was cool because Gail gets the knife away from Ghostface, but then he stabs her with a piece of glass. I know. That was great. I mm-hmm. Like I said, that whole fight sequence was awesome. Um, and... You really think Gail could be dead, which is great. I'll say it right now. There is literally no reason for Gail not to be dead. Yes. I don't understand why. There's no point. There's no point. They, She dies. She clearly dies. Yep. And then they go, we have a weak pulse. And then at the end of the movie, they're like, and Gail's still alive. Like, they don't show her. They literally just say, Gail's still alive. And it's like, why? We don't need her anymore. Dude, I want them to, when she does die, I want, like, a legit death. Like, at least Dewey's death was pretty badass. But what are we going to do? We're going to do this scene over again in the next one, and then she's finally going to die for real? This was a plenty enough scene for her to nah, just have dude. died. The next person is going to, like, cut her head off or something crazy. He's going to stuff her like, into like a it didn't make any and shoot sense. her across the country. <laughs> like, she was a badass. Like, this was a great way for her to go out. There was no need for them to be like... Her pulse is weak, but we can save her. Yeah, they could have just... And then, hey, she's in a hospital somewhere off screen. She's still good. I bet you it's one of those times where they're like, test audience said no, so we're going to do what the test audience said and keep her alive. Yeah, I feel like all the lines were like ADR'd in to be like, she's still alive. Yeah. (laughs) But like, we also missed before the whole uh, ladder sequence apartment thing, we had the obligatory... This is how this is like a movie scene 
which I, we all know from all the Scream movies that we've watched, I fucking hate this scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes these movies these movies. Where they explain how it's like modern horror, except for in this one, everything they explain that happens in modern horror movies doesn't fucking happen in this movie. They're like, all the legacy characters are expendable. All the new characters are expendable, because this is a sequel to a requel. Well, none of those people fucking die. Yeah, none of them. <laughs> They make it seem like three of them die, and then for no reason, all of them are alive at the end. Because <laughs> the, the, girl, the girlfriend dies. Yeah, but no, nobody from the last movie dies. Oh, yeah. None of the returning characters die like they say are up for grabs. The two main characters don't die. Yeah. Gail, the legacy character, doesn't fucking die. Like, yeah. none of these people die. <laughs> It'll happen in the next one, probably. But it's just like, how many times? How many times are we going to do... Like, yeah, Gail has to get fucking like cut in half vertically. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's going to be like in New York City again, and there's going to be just a gigantic knife over Times Square that gets dropped on <laughs> On a billboard. <laughs> it falls off a billboard <laughs> for the new Stab movie. Um... Yeah, so at this point, uh, they decide they're going to go meet Kirby at the theater to trap Ghostface. We get the subway scene, which is one of the other best scenes in the film, in my opinion. Um, while they're on the platform, they end up getting separated. Uh, Mindy is then, um, after a very <laughs> intense scene, she is stabbed on a packed train by Ghostface as the lights cut in and out. Um, Looking at the roommate, roommate disappears. She gets stabbed. Roommate reappears where he was and then runs up and is like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and she she totally thinks roommate's the killer. And I love when they're on the platform once they get separated. He's like staring at her and she's like, look away. <laughs> she's like texting her brother and she's like, got separated. I'm stuck with whatever his name is, AKA Ghostface. <laughs> also, cell phones don't work in the subway. Just putting that one out there too. Well, I also don't think the lights flicker on and off. Like, a, like you're in a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, because it's Halloween, all of the characters in the subway are in various horror movie costumes. Did you guys catch some of these? Well, it was easy to catch because numerous people are dressed exactly the same. <laughs> there are, like, three people wearing the exact same pinhead mask. <laughs> Two people dressed as Michael Myers. There's a guy on both trains in the exact same seat wearing a Jason Voorhees mask. <laughs> <laughs> Got a couple Freddy Kruegers in there. I saw. How did they get away with that? Like, Paramount doesn't own the rights to a majority of the characters that were there. How did they get the rights to use They those? bought the friends. costumes. From Party yeah, City. <laughs> Mason Borges. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I saw the Tethered from Us, the red suit people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw one of those. Um, anyways, yeah, it's just fun. Little Easter eggs um, in there. Yeah, great scene, though. I thought this was really, really good. It was like a super crowded train, and then boom, Ghostface shanked. But, I mean, are horror movies the only movies that exist in the Scream universe? <laughs> Nobody's dressed as Batman. <laughs> like, 
No one's just dressed as, you know, some random character. Every single person that was in costume was dressed as a horror movie character. No three Spider-Man standing next to each other pointing like, that was the biggest movie. Come on now. Um, now, at this point, um, when we get to the theater, we have Sam who has a hallucination of her father, Billy Loomis, a.k.a. Unnecessary. OG Ghostface, a.k.a. The Realist, a.k.a. Dr. Loomis Jr., (laughs) a.k.a. the Dark Side Loomis. Um, I could keep going, but uh, he reminds her that she has to defend herself and distrust everyone. Um, I do think these hallucinations might come into play in the next movie. I mean, about as much as they did in the last two, where he's like, kill him, kill him, (laughs) get him, get him, Sam. Um. She ends up taking the original knife from the Murders in Scream 1. And uh, Sam has a realization that they've actually been locked inside, um, even though they the plan was to lock Ghostface inside with them. So um, right around this time, we have Wayne, the detective, uh, Quinn's father. He calls Sam and gives her a heads up that Kirby was fired from the FBI months prior due to a spiral, uh, a fixation on the um, Westboro kills, or Westboro massacre, uh, 2021. And um, she was let go due to mental instability. So we get a another little pump fake here. Um I actually bought this for a minute. I was like, damn, is that the twist of this one? Like, that would be kind of crazy if if she just is insane now. Yeah, and then I thought to myself, she's way too short to pull a therapist through a door. So... Yeah, that never bothers me because it's never it's never no. accurate. It's always some six-foot-four yeah. guy. <laughs> when, you, when you said that, Miles, all I could think of it was like exactly what you said, but in the tune of, and I thought to myself, <laughs> she can't pull a six-foot therapist through a door. <laughs> there are a lot of scenes where I'm just like, what? <laughs> like that Like that one, I, that was the reveal. I was like, oh, I hope that's not true. I don't want that. <laughs> and like when they're in that building earlier in the movie, like Tara runs off upset and Kirby goes, I got her. And I'm like, you don't know her. Right. <laughs> like, what, how are you going to go comfort her? She doesn't even know who the fuck you are. <laughs> like, there are a lot of moments like that where the like characters are kind of forced together where I'm like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Josh. I did like I did like the little her. scene. That's true. <laughs> I did like the scene where Kirby and uh what is her name? Sam? No. Tara? The uh the twin. Oh, Mindy. Mindy, Mindy, and 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 Kirby have a little horror knowledge off of because they're both horror fans. That was great. I yeah, love that. I, I thought that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at this point, uh, we have inside of the theater. We have two ghost faces that show up and attack Chad. This after is a quick right. Smooch. Don't forget the smooch. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say this is right yeah, after the little... steamiest scene in the entire film. We've got <laughs> Tara and Chad sitting in a tree, 
K-I-S-S-I-N-G in. Should have done the she, she should have done the Wednesday dance right before. Like a little celebration. <laughs> yeah, this is cute. I actually like them together. And it's gonna be even more heartbreaking when one of them gets murdered in the next one. Yeah, one of them being Chad. <laughs> Dude, Chad what if so many fucking times? Yeah, yeah. How Chad is still alive at the end of this movie is a goddamn mystery because he straight up gets dual shanked like eighty seven times. Every so here's 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 I'm calling the people that I think are gonna go first in the following movies. We're gonna have Chad or Mindy die in the next one, maybe both, but probably not both. At least one of them's gonna die. Then. We're going to have Jen Ortega die, and then we're going to have uh, Sam snap, and she will be the final Ghostface killer at the end of the movies. Well, I'm worried that the next one will be, because they said that this is a sequel requel, so it's like that's why it's taking place at college, because the second Woodsboro killings took place at college. I'm worried that the third one will be on a movie set again. Wes Craven's and new, it'll new be. Nightmare. No, it'll be the reboot of Stab because all movies get rebooted. So it'll be uh. Stab's getting a reboot, and now so we're on set, and it's the fucking killings of the fucking number five, and I just uh, I don't want that. Yeah, I. But they did they did kind of stick to that. That's why I was I thought it was weird that people that seemed dead weren't dead because like. Gail is a legacy character, so she got killed off, kind of like Jamie Kennedy got killed off in the second one. But she's not dead. The twins are related to Jamie Kennedy, so they seem like they got killed off. And I was like, oh, they got killed off just like Randy got killed off in the second yeah. one. But nope. <laughs> they they just like, hey, you can get stabbed a hundred times and be perfectly fine. Oh, and boy, <laughs> does he. Let me tell you, my boy Chad is sitting there like a freaking knife block, dude. He's just getting lit <laughs> up like this man is I feel so bad for him. He's like sitting there and Jen Ortega's just crying and they're like, Okay, another one. Stab. Like he's got blood it's coming so out of his mouth. Too. It's like prison shanking. They're just like Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a he he was gonna brain one with a fucking gumball machine. I know. Close, but no cigar. But then, then they got st- But this movie also follows the exact same tropes of the last one, where no one that gets stabbed in the stomach behaves like they've been stabbed in the stomach. <laughs> Jenna Ortega gets stabbed in this movie, and then she's perfectly fine for the rest of the film. <laughs> it's like that's not how getting stabbed in the guts works. Yeah, everybody pretty much is fine after they get stabbed if it's not fatal. Like, fine, except Gail Weathers, who's got weak balls. <laughs> like that. That's what arm slashes are for, <laughs> not fucking gut shots. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so at this point, uh, once Chad gets lit up, um, I guess I should say the... Uh, maybe this was after, but either way, it's around the same time. Uh, Tara and Sam try to escape. Um, and Kirby and Wayne both show up with their guns drawn. Um, they tell Kirby that she needs to put her gun down. Otherwise they won't believe her. She does. Wayne shoots Kirby, which I was like, bro, if they just killed Kirby like that, I'm going to be pissed. 
as hell. <laughs> Thankfully, they did not. But I was like, I swear to God, if they brought her back and they murder her that way, I'm going to be mad. Um, so we find out that this is ghost face number three because this is not one of the two that are already in the theater. Uh, he admits to orchestrating the killings with his kids, which get revealed to be Ethan, the little nerd that is living with Chad <laughs> and Quinn, the nympho that not dead. that was supposedly murdered. Called it. I did not call that the 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 boy would be related, even though he seemed like an. I thought he was just a red herring because I'm like, well, clearly this guy's a killer. right. Yeah. But at the beginning of the film, officer guys and Quinn are like, ah, I had a brother and he's and he's dead. And I was like, well, they're not bringing that up for nothing. Yeah. And and then when she dies, the cops like, no, both my kids are dead. And I was like. She ain't dead. Nope. I was like, they're going to be the sister and father of fucking Richie. Yeah. But I, I didn't see the there being another brother involved. Which <laughs> is, which is, yeah, they, they want to avenge the death of Richie in the last film. We get three ghost faces for the first time. Huge step forward, in my opinion. Can't give this movie enough praise because they changed it. Like, it's such a minor change to have a third killer, but it's it's exactly what this franchise needs. Is a few tweaks, and this whole series could be popping off. Like, yeah. I really feel like this series, like every movie, could be super awesome. But here's but the motive is dumb as shit. Yeah, what is the likelihood of that? That your son was a serial killer, so to get revenge. You and the rest of your family just become serial killers. Well, yeah, that is silly, but I'm okay with that as a vehicle to get all of the cool shit we get in the movie. The real change that could have happened that didn't is my main problem with this finale. And it's that the killers in Scream are always gleeful at the end when they reveal the whole plot. This dude mm -hmm. knows mourning and his family is dead and he's just like, hee hee, I finally got you. You know what I mean? It's not the not the best like he if he was like angry and in mourning and every the his kids were also like not happy that they felt like they had to do it, it would have been more realistic than everyone's like, Ha finally, we gotcha. Yeah, and like what did you you all legally change your names? Like Yeah. What the fuck does that work? You were a police officer for 35 years like what what do you mean <laughs> name change like and yeah like there i i thought the reveal is kind of weak but i feel like the reveal is just always a little weak but it is in line with their whole requel sequel because in scream 2 the killer is family billy's mom yeah. getting revenge i don't remember how timothy oliphant fall, rolls into that but yeah. i don't know boyfriend maybe i always there's always one killer that i'm like yeah you're kind of you don't you're not necessary <laughs> um at this point though uh we do have uh their killer monologue on their plan to kill sam and frame her as Ghostface. um and then we get kind of the final showdown where sam and tara are fighting off the bailey family um which <laughs> 
There's a point where they're back to back, both looking over their shoulders at one another, talking while they're surrounded by three killers, and none of the killers just lunge at them and stab them. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. The end of this movie's real weak. Real Kung weak. Fu. Kung Fu. Um, so, yeah, at this point, um, they, they're they all kind of, like, throwing down, and there's, like, a theme that Sam needs to let go of Jenna Ortega, Tara, um, and allow her to make mistakes and things and be her own person. And <laughs> Clearly, Tara can take care of herself. She bricks that chick in the face and knocks her fucking teeth <laughs> oh out. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. I laughed out loud in the theater when I saw that. That was such a <laughs> fucked all... up scene, but it was so funny. <laughs> it's also revealed Quinn is the one that started the online rumors about Sam being the murderer uh... to like orchestrate this big plan that she was the killer all along. I didn't really get that part. Yeah. Fast well, and loose. Uh, Fast and loose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, at, at this point, um, she's like, going back to the metaphor of holding on too tightly, she is like on the second story and Sam's like holding her and Tara's like, let me go. And she like slides her a knife and drops her and Tara goes ham on uh what what's that guy's name sam or uh ethan excuse me <laughs> she goes ham on sam <laughs> yeah well she also gets stabbed she's like oh let me go i got a knife yeah. i got this and she's immediately stabbed in the stomach that's true but it does not affect her whatsoever you would not know she got stabbed just roll with it um <laughs> there are some like little scenes like that where i'm like was that added <laughs> Like, because at the same time, Sam's up top with the dad, or he, she's up top with Quinn. She shoots Quinn in the head, and the dad shows up, and she's like, "Oh, he's got to shoot him in the head." And they both have guns. The cop dad and Sam both have guns. Sam goes to shoot cop dad, and her gun's empty. And instead of cop dad shooting her, I feel like there was a scene that was erased of him like shooting at her and his gun being empty. Because then they just run at each other. <laughs> while he has a gun in his hand <laughs> and he never tries to shoot her they just like tackle each other off the balcony yeah it definitely uh they the, if they had a scene where his gun was jammed or something that would have been better but why not have a 90 pound girl wrestle a grown man that's that's part of our tropes here we need to have a, a real throwdown here <laughs> Yeah. Tackle each other off a balcony into where he regains consciousness. Sam is just gone. Like like she did not also <laughs> fall twenty feet off of a balcony <laughs> through like tables and glass and everything else. Yeah. Also, we should say that Sam kills Quinn, the daughter, for real. Um, yeah, shoots her in the skull. And uh, and fucking Tara stabs the son in the fucking mouth. Yeah, that was brutal. That was really brutal. Um, then we have Sam, uh, once, once they fall and she disappears, she ends up going and putting on the ghost face mask, um, and costume her father's and she ends up fucking with him a little bit and stabs Wayne to death. And, uh, then Ethan shows back up after being stabbed brutally in the mouth and, uh, we get a nice little nod to uh, Stu Mocker with the TV set that killed Stu Mocker, <laughs> quote unquote, uh, 
being used to kill Ethan by Kirby, the uh, legacy character. Um, so she knocks it over on him, kills him. Uh, all the killers are dead. Um, and at this point, Sam agrees. We kind of get a flash forward. Sam agrees to let Tara live her life a little more independently. Tara agrees to go to therapy. Um, Mindy, Chad, and Kirby are all going to the hospital. And uh, Sam, we get a scene with Sam staring at her dad's ghost face mask. Um, but for a little bit where you think, Oh shoot, is she going to turn into the killer in the next movie? But then she ends up discarding it, uh, in the trash and following her sister back into the city. And that is scream V screevy. Of course, there's a scene where everyone who's hurt is fine and talking. Everyone's like, yeah, Yeah, it's it's the exact same ending as the last one where Sydney and Gail had both been stabbed in the stomach with a giant knife. And they're like, oh, you're fine. You're good. They literally have the the EMT go, you're okay. (laughs) (laughs) And and the same thing happens here. Tara's like got her arm in a sling and and she's up and walking around. You got stabbed in the stomach. They would force you to go to the hospital. <laughs> you would be loaded on an ambulance. Instead, they're like, hey, you know, Chad got stabbed 87 times. He's fine. <laughs> and by the way, Mindy's on her way here. She refused, like, like hospital orders so she could come back. And Gail's alive. <laughs> and it's like, how do you think hospitals work? Like, the amount of time it would have taken to get Mindy out of the subway, stabilized in a hospital, stitched back up, checked all her organs to make sure she wasn't internally blue. Like, how long were they in this fucking house maze horror show (laughs) that she had time to check herself out and run across town? The police would have also separated all of them to get the story before anybody went anywhere. (laughs) Like, yeah, you're a person of interest. You were stabbed by a serial killer. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of holes in this bad boy, but as we've said already, a lot of fun. Figure out who's who. Um, my problems with it were the, pro- the lack of rules in the real world and the fact that the killers were completely unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh! The, pr- the kind of the problem with faking these deaths with Gail and Mindy and Chad are and with when Quinn. they do die... If they do die in the next movie, you're just either going to assume they're not dead or the dramatic tension of their death scene is going to fall flat. Because, like, literally Mindy and Chad were both stabbed brutally in the last movie and lived. So two movies in a row, they've both been viciously attacked and lived. If they get stabbed in the next one, why am I going to care? Because in the next one, like, like they're going to be definitively killed. You're going to see them either because, get stabbed yeah. in the heart or their throat straight up slit. Because the music's going to swell, and then I'm supposed to feel emotion. <laughs> it's like you can't, you can't repeat scenes over and over again and expect it to carry the same sort of weight. I'll watch it every day till I die. <laughs> they're getting drawn and quartered. I don't want either one of them to die. I fucking love both of them. Core four, baby. All four of them live. Yep. But, yep. yeah, overall, I don't know. Closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. I thought that this is, like, the probably the second or third best Scream film. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. It had actual moments of tension that were scary. 
Uh, I loved all of the tributes to the original Ghostface movies, and now I feel like we really can just kind of move on from Woodsboro entirely. Um, which I hope they do, because I thought putting in New York was great. Just getting it out of Woodsboro gave it a breath of fresh air for me. Um, I loved the three killers being introduced. I think that's a huge, huge point. We've been, this is the sixth movie, and we've never had three. So it just gave more options for who it could be. It gave more kill options. Um, the brutality was definitely ratcheted up, which I loved. And I really like the cast. I like all the characters. Like, yeah, there's some weak points in the story, but I- I'll tell you, what do we what do we rank in this? What do we rate in this? Ball tases. Let <laughs> um, uh, me think. House of Horrors. I'm going to say window ladders. I can get down with that. <laughs> window ladders. Stolen police cars with no repercussions. <laughs> yeah, that one also. That one's also a good one. So how many stolen police cars are we giving this film? Uh, I'm just going to come right out and say it. I'm giving it a five. I had a blast watching this movie. I thought it was okay. friggin' sick. And... It gave me a lot more hope for the Scream films moving forward than five did personally. So I was because after everything was said and done, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, five gave, I kind of had like a lukewarm reaction to this. I was like, this is sick. Like this is exactly the kind of Scream movie I want to, I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Despite some flaws that I think it has, which I mean, you're going to get because we're at number six here. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I still like this movie better than a majority. Like I don't like two and three very much, but I think the, all the rest of them are very solid. I'll, I'll give it a five as well. I really liked it. Hey, I almost gave it a, a core four, but <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a five. Uh, all right, miles. What do we got? I really liked it. I did. I really liked it. I don't think it's five out of five territory. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. Okay. I would give it. I would give it like a three five. Honestly, I I did not like it as much as you guys did. I thought we were kind of all on the same page, but I guess not. It was. It was real good. It was real good. But it also like, do I feel the need to rewatch this one? With the exception of another one coming out, no. I. I don't know. I, it just didn't have the same resonance for me it seemed to have for you guys. It was, like, good. Like I said, I enjoyed it. But there is going to be zero rewatchability to this movie. And I feel like the one before this, there kind of was. But this one, I don't know. I just... It was so deep into far-fetched territory that I just... It, it didn't resonate with me the same way it did with you guys. I'm sorry. I feel like the whole series lacks rewatchability because it all hinges on who's the killer yeah and then once you know who the killer is it's it, you know like it's because it's not a michael or a jason where it's like you know who the killer is the whole time yeah but like even the kills like the kills were brutal but the only one that was even like kind of original was the ladder kill i feel like the rest of them was just stabs you know like the shotgun scene i don't know i and the i guess the one where he pulls the guy through the door that one was pretty cool too but overall, I just it was predictable for the most part, except the twist of the roommate actually also being the killer. And I just I don't know. I liked it enough that I watched it and I enjoyed it, but I don't see myself rewatching it unless the sequel's coming out. I just don't see where they're going with the whole Sam's the daughter of Billy Loomis thing. Like 
You don't need to be the daughter of a serial killer to stab somebody to death that's trying to kill you. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, like, well, she stabbed him 80 times. It's like, yeah, that's nice. So could anybody. Right. <laughs> I think they're going to, li- you're protecting I, yourself. I do think they're going to probably try to lean into that as the series goes on and make her one of the killers. Yeah. Next one, she's a killer. Now, I don't know about the next one because she did throw the mask away at the end of this one. That's true. But if she drop kicks Gail Weathers out a two story building or higher, <laughs> I'm there for it. It's because she wants that chrome mask. <laughs> She's in the tank top. She's already got the sleeveless t shirt. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you guys want to find us on the socials, you can find us H on H Pod, wherever Soshed. you enjoy your social media. We get so we up. post all the time, every day, and it's 100% yeah. worth the follow. And we also no, have merch if you want to get yourself a sloppy breakfast shirt. H on H pod.threadless.com. Sloppy breakfast. Is that what he said? He wants a sloppy breakfast. A sloppy breakfast. Yeah, it's a, it's a sexual act and the start of any balanced breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, until next time, folks, remember life is tough, so why not get high on horror? I feel God in this apple piece. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming. <laughs>